last time on the Dice of Thunder podcast. <laughs> Showing my whole hand. I was hoping one of you guys would, like, kill him after we get done having <laughs> questions with him. Wow. Well, but, there we go. But now it seems like every hack in Alkenstar has got some bead on their own version of Pyronite. Does that include you? Almost. Look around. I was so close. Until you destroyed everything. So what you're saying is... There's other geniuses who have Pyronite. What is Norgorber saying to you? You couldn't hear him? I, I could just see your life. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This is happening. <laughs> Maybe right. it is happening. Split personalities? Which, which one of you did I look into? <laughs> he doesn't really oh, provide an answer. Man. Are we ready to off this dude now? Decision should be what there your might character be, would do. There might yeah. be bad things if we kill him. If we tie him. him up and leave him here, he's going to get... Probably go He's going to escape. He would have to I roll for like. it, right? And what do you do to show Malizarius' life? Simple arrow to his face. Darnayru, you feel a psychic shockwave, and you are now chaotic neutral. Luton, you are no longer neutral good. You are just true neutral. No. Balnor die. This is a tragedy! Wow. Well, I suppose it's possible. Anyone who was there could reverse engineer my formula. Well, anyway, if it's true, I guess it means you've got one more wily genius out there that you have to track down. Great. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Dice of Thunder podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of the Dice of Thunder podcast. Insert cold open pun here. <laughs> what do you want from me? I have to come up with something new every week. <laughs> just kidding. I wrote this all down in a notebook. <laughs> and just finished reading it. <laughs> oh, It's perfect. Oh. It's a fourth wall cold open. I like Isn't it. Isn't it technically episode... Two. It's episode two, season two. Season two, episode two. Or episode 32, if you're keeping track that way. Right. Hmm. Which way are you mm-hmm. keeping Which track? Which way are you keeping track? Uh, right in. Uh, mm-hmm. At Luton and Kal-El. That's the, <laughs> that's the Twitter that we want to see. So how's everybody doing? We did have a nice little level up. Yes, we that did. That we didn't even get a chance to talk about last week because you guys were too busy doing a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the so way, amazing. I stopped and thought about the fact that my alignment changed a little bit. That is kind of a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Now, I, I didn't know that was at stake. Hey. You I think know, it's always at stake. It's a big yeah, deal. I didn't know. It changed. <laughs> but I didn't do, like, I don't have anything that, like, I lose from being good uh, from not being good aligned anymore, but there's still potential for things in the future where it could matter, I guess. But it I'm could. just I'm just thinking about how to like like how Darnaru thinks now. Like it's not going to change m- too much, but it's just like yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a big deal. It is a big hard deal. to explain. It's dealing with alignment is always hard. Like it, it's a it's a kind of a high level rule set that doesn't get applied to too many things but um where it where it comes into play is in certain moments where if you're a good aligned character then blah 
right. or if your PCs have good alignment or things like the PCs in your group that have good alignments get blah. So there are moments where it matters. Um, if you are attacked by something that cannot damage you, if you're good, right? That's, those are all different little possibilities. And, yeah. you know, Brittany asked me, how do I get my alignment back? War changes a man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because I, like I was playing the Wrath of the Righteous video game, and you can you make choices that change your alignment throughout that game, but it takes like the entire course of the game sure. to like sw- if you want to switch your alignment, you by making a bunch of specific choices. So yeah, I'm being a little dramatic with the whole alignment thing, but you know, there's ways to get it back. Would be to do something good intentionally. That is more in line with neutral right. goodness or chaotic goodness. So. Or be mm. good knowing that you exacted the hand of justice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so for, yeah, for exactly. it doesn't mean anything to Kairos because he's a, he's a very neutrally aligned character mm. who, you know, in his mind, he absolutely did the right thing or the right thing for him, which was to make sure that this doesn't come back and bite him in the butt. Right. So from a role, great. from a Thanks, role, <laughs> From a role-playing perspective, then a character would have to, like, let's say Luton would have to, like, introspectively look at herself and be like, I don't like who I've, who I've yeah. become, and I want to, like, redeem myself. Or There's a specific atonement me. spell that you can do mm-hmm. that will physically change your alignment. So, like, for characters that it matters, like a champion, for example, champions are a function of their alignment. If they're a lawful good right. champion and they do something that breaks their code of laws or is immoral, they lose their power. They you can't lose your connection lose, to your deity. Yeah. You lose your deity basically turns its back on you yeah. and you can't look back at it again until you finish this atonement like spell. And for the record, there's a lot of like abilities and things you can do only because you're connected to your deity. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you lose that, then here's the thing. Ghost Ray is a neutral deity. So you haven't done anything that didn't appease Gozray, but it wasn't a good action. So it, you know, you just got to deal with the consequences. Judgy, that was bro. my next question: Is Gozray angry with Newton? <laughs> like, is is Kalel angry? With <laughs> are, oh. are the waves mad at the seafloor? So. You know, <laughs> no. that's the kind of thing that Gozray yeah. would. Yeah. You know, does the wind get mad at the it, tree? It, I mean, Luton, Luton's character, I don't think is needs to make atonement for that yeah. because she was in agreement with Kairos that that needed to happen. Maybe Luton's not as good as she thought. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Interesting. That could be. I don't know. It's a, hmm. It is interesting. Um, so real quick on the question of loot, you guys mentioned you looted Shomali's yeah. I forgot to tell you, he had a crafter's eyepiece. A oh, crafter's ooh. eyepiece. Yeah. Level four. Let's talk about level four. Level four. So, Luton, talk to me about level four. So, with level four, Kal-El is a little bit bigger. Oh, man. I said it a long time ago. I said it like in episode two. I said I, I'm... Because he grows. Yeah. Yeah, he grows. The he thing grew. I'm lo- not looking forward to as a GM is the mature companion feat. Ooh. He is mature. Which Luton got access to at level four. Yes. What does this mean, though? Oh, man. Well, he now has 36 hit points. All right. His skills, a few of his skills went up. His uh, attacks are a little more beefy now, like plus 10. 
and claw and jaw. Two damage dice on each. And, oh, and two damage dice. Kal-El got a striking rune. Yay. <laughs> on his teeth. On, on his, his mouth. teeth and his claws. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. That's phenomenal. Um, also, he no longer needs the heavy barding. So you guys can sell that. Yeah, we can sell that. Oh, he doesn't need it? No, because nope. it actually... His dexterity went up so high that... With it on, it drops some of his oh, stats. Oh, wow. So okay. take that off. I can't remember how much... It's only worth it's only one extra um, AC for him to wear heavy barding at this point because of his dexterity being as high as it is. So, okay, light barding doesn't even change his AC. So Luton also got a new spell, the heat metal. (gasps) I feel like in the city of Alkenstar and there's all these clockwork metal things to Heck yeah. Battle with uh, that could be useful. So the target's one metal item or a metal creature. It's 30 feet. It's a range spell also. Nice. So the target gets heated to a red hot. (laughs) It gets heated up to become red hot (laughs) for a minute. Okay. It does a significant amount (laughs) of damage. If you can just imagine. 4d6 fire damage and 2d4 persistent fire damage. This is a level what spell? Caliente? Uh, This one's It's a level level 2. This is awesome. Uh, It's just another way to hurt monsters. Well, and the persistent damage is always amazing for anything. Um, And then this can be heightened too later, I think. Yep. Most all spells can. Yeah. yeah. So that's new. That's awesome. And then uh, I think I already said Protector Tree has another 10 hit points. Yeah. And you can also, she can also summon the lower level version of it as well. Right. Okay. But so it consumes a higher spell slot and a tougher version comes out. And then there was one more thing. I forgot what it's called. The Reach spell. Oh, she has the oh. Reach metamagic feet. Okay. Yes. A, a feet. Yeah. So um, I can increase my Reach on, I can add that on to. How far though? Is it double the range? It's 30 extra 30 feet. 30 extra yes. feet. Yeah. 60 so foot that's spells. huge. And if something doesn't have Reach, I can, add, can it. add 30 feet and make it a range spell. So if it's a wow. touch spell. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with all that. Pretty neat. I'll sh- yeah, go ahead. What, what did uh, Kairos get for level four? Ah, uh, not much. You know, some things here, <laughs> some things there. Got a new pair of boots. Got some boots. No, um, <laughs> I, I'll start with Widen Spell. Go ahead. Widen Spell. No, talk, yeah, about, spell. talk about Widen Spell. You manipulate the energy of your spell, causing it to affect a wider area. Yes. And the next action you use you use is to cast a spell that has an area of a burst, a cone, or a line and doesn't have a duration, increase that area of that spell. Add five feet to the radius of a burst that normally has a radius of at least 10 feet. Um, a burst with a smaller radius isn't affected. Add five feet to the length of a cone or a line that is normally 15 feet long or smaller, and add 10 feet to the length of a larger cone or line. So I'm just making stuff yeah, big. That's bigger. awesome. I got Scorching Ray, so I can scorch some rays. <laughs> Say it. Say it. <laughs> Say it. Hey, what did I do? Which, by the way, there's a ray of frost too, and we haven't been using Ray's name. For I that. got ray um, of frost. There's also expansive spell strike. Just one I want you to look up because it allows you to add spells that do not have the range touch attack. Oh, you yeah, can yeah. add spells that have burst, cone, or a line to your spell strike ability. 
So okay. basically any offensive spell. Okay. And you're no longer limited to just Ray of Frost. You could do Burning Hands or Horizon Thundersphere or other spells that you normally couldn't put on an arrow. That, that one sounds hmm. fun. That's all. And That's my got, two cents. I got a spiritual weapon. The Bible. Uh, there you go. <laughs> a weapon made of pure magical force materializes and attacks foes you designate within range. This weapon has a ghostly appearance and manifests as a club, a dagger, or your deity's favorite weapon. So that range is 120 feet. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Whoa. That's far. So what did Darnairu do for level four? Uh, Darnairu's character got way better. Uh, I'm building this up a little bit bigger than I probably should. But there's a couple things I took. One thing that I got is called Twin Distraction. So you guys know I use Twin Faint, right? Mm-hmm. Which means I attack one, I attack both my weapons, and they're, uh, it, my first strike leaves the second strike against the, or leaves the target flat-footed against me. If I strike and deal damage with both of those, then I inflict Stupefied One will save negates. But I think that's pretty cool against the target. You inflict Stupefy? Yes. Wow. Yes. What does that do exactly? For, for Gail, not for me. Not for you? <laughs> no, no. Jordan knows, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gail probably doesn't know. Explain it like I'm a five-year-old. Stupefy essentially affects all, I'm looking it up right now, affects all of your will-based saves and things. So here, I just pulled up. Um, take a status penalty to your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma-based checks and DCs, including will-saving throws, spell attacks, spell DCs, and spell uh, skill checks that use these abilities scores. Anytime you, this is the cool part, anytime you attempt to cast a spell while stupefied, the spell is disrupted unless you succeeded a flat check uh, with a DC equal of 5 plus your stupefied value, which is not a hard check to beat, but it's still an extra roll they gotta do. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty cool, okay. I think. Uh, it just helps me be a little more powerful for two things, against spell casters, but then also lowers their will mm. um, saving throws against any of my psychic will attacks. So, if I have a will DC against something, okay. it'll be harder for them to pass it, so which is So, it's exciting. not a lasting effect for everyone else in the party? It- well, they're, if they are stupefied, yep. anyone who does anything against their... their Dope. Yeah, so that's it affects really cool. them for, against okay. anybody. Yeah, that, it's not just against me. That's, re- that's really cool. Um, there is the other thing. One of the other things I took was um, called Psy Strike or Psychic Strike. So once per round, uh, if I have unleashed my psyche or cast a spell um, as my most recent action, and my unleash, unleash my psyche is a free action as long mm-hmm. as my last turn I cast a spell... Uh, then I get to roll an extra d6 of damage on my attack. What? because And it adds it as force damage, and if I want to change that to what? mental damage, I can, yeah. D6? Extra a, d6? A 1d6. But force damage? It's for, speci- I looked that up specifically. It's specifically force damage That's unless cool. I want it to be mental damage. Mind punch. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so it just adds an extra uh, damage dice to me, essentially. Brain wow. kick! <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I actually wrote notes, but I left them at home about uh, my like order of turn, just to make sure I don't screw this up because it's a lot to kind of dance through. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is the the other level two spell that I took, and I took Mirror Image. Oh, classic! Which is going to make me a little bit harder to hit. When this I'm on the front is line. exciting. Yeah. Will you tell what Gail it? what Mirror Image and Brittany and Jordan? No, Gail. <laughs> I know. Just obviously, Gail. I know what it is. So for all of you. <laughs> For all of you uh, 1E players, it's a little different, uh, but it, it gives me three illusory images of myself. They swirl about my space, potentially causing those who attack you to hit one of the images instead, instead of, of you. Uh, yeah, see? see? Yeah. He knows exactly <laughs> no, very what good. Right. He knows. So I have to like, I have to roll a D4, and unless I roll a whatever number 
they then I hit an image. They and it yeah, goes down by for one. the first roll they suggest a d4, and then you can yeah. do d6s and stuff after that right. as the images are hit and dissipate. Um, but it's cool because like I, it gives me a chance to have just one extra layer of. It's an interesting way to have defense. What's well, a twenty five percent? Right. Or it's a seventy five percent miss chance. I think on it's, it's seventy five. Yeah. Can it? <laughs> Just oh, kick, man, him I fell for it. I, kick him under the table. Kick him under the table. I would, but I would just end up hurting yes. myself. Yes. Does, can it be heightened? Uh, it can't. It, well, it says it can be heightened, but I haven't read into that quite yet. Wow. Um, Mirror image. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it because this is my first time like I... interacting with it in Pathfinder Second Edition, so I'm excited to see how. <laughs> the first edition, you would roll a dice, and and that's how many images you would get is the number on the die roll. Oh, you roll like cool. a D six, but as it, it leveled up, that many, yeah. right? Um, and with two E, they changed that. Yeah, they yeah. Cha- you know, <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's why I'm. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys, he I love know. you, but I detest <laughs> these late recordings. <laughs> uh, so, but that those are the Our exciting things I got. Love them. Oh man, I don't know. And yeah. I, they do. They, they told see? me. See, yeah. I also don't want to. Is it dive contagious? Into it. <laughs> What is? What have you done to my? Wa- I, this is, it is my person. Time. This is what happens. This is my person. <laughs> well, uh, on recording nights, she thing, is our person. Yeah, so. that's true. Wife of the party. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. The uh, other thing that is important with book four, I mentioned in our little clip show uh, last week, was that we are we're saying goodbye to our dear friend Vanessa. Uh-huh. And we are now being ushered through the second phase of this story. <gasps> you're, get, you're getting out the new book? New book. New book. Uh, by Scott D. Young. Scott Ooh, D. Scott. Young. Yeah, who messaged us on Instagram yeah. and was like really excited about our show and that we're running Outlaws of Alkenstar. And this is this is Scott's first time. Writing an adventure path for Paizo. Scott, so exciting. Scott, since you're listening, I want you to know, and my wife can attest to this. When I got that text from Greg that you messaged us, I was like a little schoolgirl. I was freaking out. I was freaking out. A little bit fangirling. So, Scott, thank you. I hope you enjoy all the episodes. Very very exciting to hear from you. We've got a lot of fun stuff to get through with that. But first, Old Phoebe Dunsmith came in, yep, and turned you guys on to a uh, another jailbreak. Yeah, another like uh, wayward traveler through Alkenstar who's caught the ire of the Shield Marshals and then whatever their nefarious plans are for the people, of the city. And she says to you, you know, go and meet Ulfar at the Shield Marshal station here in the Smokeside District. And he'll help you, uh, help you out from there. So you're not really sure what you're walking into. We're in downtime mode, just for the, the, the sake of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll put you in downtime mode. All right. You guys show up at the Shield Marshal Station, which is just a. It, it's actually like an old um, cannery that has been turned into a Shield Marshal lockup and processing facility. Okay. And uh, as you get in the area, you recognize Wilbur. He's standing out on the sidewalk, out on you know the boardwalk, right out in front of this uh, this shield marshal station. And he motions for you to come on over and 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 meet him. So you guys 
Wilbur. Yeah. The three of you, Kyr- Kairos, uh, Darnayru, and, and Luton with Kal-El, uh, walk up to Wilbur Earlfar, and he says, oh, oh, hey there, friends. Uh, howdy. And how you doing today? We are doing quite well. Uh, Phoebe Dunsmith said you needed to see us. Yeah. Well, first of all, my condolences to yeah. your lost friend. You're doing quite well. Yeah. Really? Fantastic. You're quite doing well. so much better. <laughs> his, uh, Sorry. I, I, I forgot our friend his, just died. His soul crystal is not even cold yet. <laughs> Sorry, we're doing terrible. <laughs> Uh, I would have accepted solemn the, uh, or hey, shaken. Uh, people, <laughs> We're doing quite well. People process uh, grief differently. I understand. I understand. I'm still, I'm still in denial. I forget. Cats don't have any emotion. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's not Every that's last not one of them just Alfred himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, a- a- anyway, despite your very unhealthy processing... <laughs> Well, there's another wayward soul here we may be able to help. Now, I don't know much about this person other than the fact that they got waylaid by them darn shield marshals again. Now, I am an honorary deputy, as you know, but um, I find these sorts of infringements on the rights of the people to be egregious and just rather surly and unwelcome, to be perfectly honest. So... Phoebe suggested, well, maybe maybe the three of you might might be able to intervene here and and help this this person out. Uh, so anyway, I I relieved the guard that was on duty of their shift, um, but they're going to be back in about fifteen minutes. So you've got a little tiny bit of time. To give me a a quick bonk on the head, uh, <laughs> and then uh, abscond with this unlawfully detained individual. Hmm. Sounds like we better get moving. Thank you very much for this information. Yeah, of course, and not too, not too rough if if that's all right. And he kind of turns a cheek, oh, and uh, who's gonna wallop old <laughs> Oh old no! Right across the no face. Goes. I will. Of no. course you will. <laughs> so so he pulls out his bow, <laughs> <laughs> knocks an arrow. Hey, non-lethal, friend. Is there like a roll that's too high? No, you just okay. you, you roll just a one, ball up your fist four? and clobber him. Okay, okay. Kairos is like every he's, time he's they willing. try to get out, they pull me. Sorry, back Wilbur. <laughs> oh, that was a that's a real sore one there. He got a pretty good right cross, Mister Kairos. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> All right, well, head on head on downstairs into the basement there, and you'll see this old feller. Watch out, there is a guard down there. You might have to deal with him. Oh, great. Great. Pretty nasty looking feller, too, when I saw him. Is he a shield marshal? The guard's a shield marshal, of course. Why did I punch you? I I can't very well be the subject of a prison break without making it look like I put up some kind of a defense. Okay. Well, I think we should I thought about this for like five whole minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, he's still talking. I think we should sneak down there and then try to distract the guard. All right, roll a stealth check. Rolling a stealth check. Ooh, uh, it's only a 16. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a stealthy. Okay. Go ahead. That would be a uh, 24 total. All right. Uh, 25 so total. Kairos and Darnayru stealth uh, down. You're going down too? Okay. Uh, let's see. 18 total. All right. So the three of you are able to tiptoe your way down the stairs. No creaky floorboards or anything like that. 
and and as you get down to the to the bottom of the stairs immediately to your left you see a bunch of cells all right and in the closest cell to the stairwell there is a dwarven body mm. laying prone on the floor of the cell and he's kind of bloody Ooh. he's been uh, he's been beaten pretty bad by the look of it and uh, the other thing that you see down at the end of the row of uh, some bulky creature wrestling around in uh, in a box in oh like digging, like, digging through a box I yeah, like, okay, sorry yeah. i was overthinking the word he's digging <laughs> wrestling through a, with a box this this creature at the end of the hall and it <laughs> creature because it's very large almost oh, too no. big it's a thing in a box <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Great reference. Yes. Great reference. Such a great reference. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been discovered. Like you guys rolled really good stealth. So there's this unconscious dwarf right here, and then some creature down at the end of the end of the row is about twenty feet away from you. Is oh. the dwarf the guard? Oh, is is the in shield marshal gear? The dwarf? Can the we see that? The Dwarf is not wearing shield marshal gear. Is the dwarf okay. naked? The, yeah. The dwarf is not naked. Excellent. Is clothes. the guard the animal thing? You the creature? Roll a perception check. Oh, oh great you're trusting me to roll in a perception, <laughs> and I rolled a natty Luton. one. Luton. <laughs> Luton, roll a perception check, please. Okay. Yeah, not me. She's the wise one of the group. She's uh, the let's see, twenty-eight. Okay, so you see a shield marshal jacket what? on that creature at the end of the. The, the shield marshal jackets are very easy to spot. If you, especially if you know what you're looking for, they're the black leather shotgun style jacket that's like floor length jacket, and it's this jacket's like stretched real <laughs> okay, tightly. Okay, so clearly over this the dwarf thing. was the guard. Yeah, and this sure? creature took the jacket and put it on. We or have maybe. we ever seen a a gar a shield marshal that wasn't a dwarf ever in yeah, the city? You you would have. Oh, we would have Absolutely. like humans and humans, dwarves. Dwarves. The occasional, the occasional Amaroon, maybe even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Are there were animals or uh, people? That's are, a thing. Yeah. In Pathfinder, sure. You know what? We should just yell out, hey, what are you doing? Can we do that? Can you I guys, do a nature check on problem it? With yeah. that? Oh, can I, can I nature no check it? No need to keep sneaking. I can already smell you. Okay. <gasps> O-M-G. That voice does not come from the dwarf in the cell, but from the creature at the end of the hall. Does it stand up and turn around? It stands up, turns around, and walks out of the shadows into the light by the torches. Over seven feet tall. <gasps> a giant, snarling, knoll. Oh, no! A knoll! Bright yellow eyes looks directly at you and says, You missed the prison break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one-liner is so good. What happened? Apparently, we were sent to meet you, kind furry sir. <laughs> I never said I was kind. Oh. Who are you? Furry sir. Phoebe Dunsmith sent us here. Phoebe what? Dunsmith. Diplomacy check. Okay. What are you checking? I'm checking to see if you would calm down a little bit. So you're trying to influence yeah, him? Yeah, let's just talk. Are you fired up, sir? He sounds fired up. He's threatened. Oh, someone was trying to sneak up on him. What do you say? What do you say to calm him down with your diplomacy check? Uh, I um, be look cool. Deep, <laughs> <laughs> deep into his yellow eyes and say, "Be cool." <laughs> Here's my roll. Oh, 
that's a bad. That's one. not that's horrible. A, that's a sixteen total. All right. No, no, no. That's a nineteen total. Yeah. Did he be cool you? Get out of my way, or you'll end up like this guard. Okay. We mean you no harm, at all. Dave. Wait, we were sent here to get him, by Phoebe. Yeah. Do you not? I like don't Phoebe? know a Phoebe. You want to do a? Okay. Wait. Okay. Who? Uh, Wilbur's. Do you know Wilbur? <laughs> All I know is I was locked up in this cell for no reason at all except for being a colo. Ooh, welcome to the club. All of us have been charged with false claims, and the shield marshals is after us as well. Wait, are you the Shumfalo Five? We are! Shumfalo Stop, stop, stop that! Stop that! That dancing! Don't worry, you'll be doing it before you know it. <laughs> yes, we are the Shumfalo Five. Four. Four now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Forever Sad the Shumfalo Five. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> it just so happens I've been looking for you myself. Well, we only have a short amount of time, so maybe we should have this conversation somewhere a little bit safer. Will you come with us to the bulletin barrel? Soon? Why are you looking for me? Why are you looking for us? <laughs> Great follow-up question. <laughs> I was outcast from my clan long ago by my sister. I came... I came to end her to for once take my place as leader of my clan to prove my power. But when I got to Bristlebane, she was already dead. <laughs> Stupid face. Uh... Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister was not a good person. You're telling me. I've hated her all my life. Wow. I came to end her, to ingest her and take her powers. But I could not because she took the way of mutation. Family therapy much? I mean, right? Dang. I think Kyler that... said family therapy. Our podcast needs subtitles. <laughs> I said family therapy much. <laughs> uh... Because I could not ingest her because of her mutations. I found the Shumfall of Five as her killers. If you were strong enough to defeat Bristlebane, and... And he takes a moment to collect himself because he can't believe he's saying this. And if you'll have me... I need a new clan. Mm. You gonna talk like that the whole time? <laughs> wow, that's what? rich coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What? <laughs> yeah, you're looking for a new clan. What is your name? Yeah. Kinbiter. Kinbiter. Oh, like the sister thing? I get it. Is that your first name? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can call me Varg. Varg, okay, Varg. Varg. He's a syllable. I'm sorry. It is great to meet you, Varg. Uh, I feel like we should get to know each other a little better. <laughs> but that only comes with time. So perhaps we should have more conversations, but not here, because the guards are going to come back. Will you come with us to a safer location? Yes. Sweet. Let's go. By the way, what were you looking for in that box? Just bring the whole box. Let's go. 
He reaches in the box, grabs his uh, great axe. Oh, heck yes. Which you'll see is like decked out in uh, cogs and clockwork, and it looks very mechanical. Um, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, which you'll find out later. Oh, and then he also reaches in one last thing, and he grabs his, his bone, his lucky bone, and puts it in his mouth and starts chewing on it. Now we can go. That's so awesome. <laughs> what kind of animal is this person? A knoll. A knoll. It's like a hyena dog. Yeah, that's what it yep. is. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as we walk by the, um, I'm chaotic neutral. I'm gonna loot the guard <laughs> on our way out. Really leaning into that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to eat him too? He looks delicious. No, I actually just want his stuff. <laughs> he doesn't have anything. He's. Oh, there we go. He's unarmed. Margaret took it all. He's a uh, NPC that was been added for the purpose of introducing a new character. Oh, into the, does not have a stat block in the adventure path. Amazing. In fact, you have to leave one of your claw blades on his corpse. Uh, <laughs> it gets wow. stuck in as yeah. I'm digging around. Yeah, as you're digging around. And then you hear you know, guards upstairs, and you're like, oh, you got to go, but you can't get the claw blade out of the guy's back. So you lose a claw Whoa. blade. You lose one weapon. <laughs> Real follow-up question. Does Var get to keep the jacket? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Because that would be it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Maybe anyone's going to take it. It's got like tears in it. Not a good idea to wear a stolen police officer's yeah. uniform it's while also, you're moving around town. But hey, you It know. also came off of a dwarf, and Varg is like over <laughs> like seven really feet tall. It's only on one of your arms. <laughs> it's, yeah. You it's, tied it around your head as a headband. Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, like a... What's the movie? Oh my gosh, David Arms. Spade, Chris Farley. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, thank you. Oh, Richard. <laughs> okay, cool. So we go to the barrel and bullet. Well, this is fun. And a six pack. Yeah, so seven foot tall. Actually, seven foot 11 inches. Seven 11. He's That's seven 11. It's almost eight 11. feet tall. Man. Hyena man. Just what What else does he look like? like give, us a, give us an impression of this imposing figure tall hyena doesn't give me much to go yeah with. uh what color's your belly so <laughs> light brown know. yeah is this this is he's, just more fanfic back yeah you don't have to answer that he's basically no, I, already mentioned, <laughs> I already mentioned the yellow eyes he's uh he's very like dirty looking i mean he's covered okay. in fur gray and brown fur um he's got plenty of battle scars he's got a, a notch missing from his ear he's wearing uh bone earrings that's um, so awesome and yes. um part of the what gnolls do or the the colo as they call themselves in the mwangi expanse and by the way he's from the yeah. expanse, uh is they uh ingest their prey whether they're family or you know enemies uh in a way to honor them and also uh ingest their powers. Ooh, can't um, wait for the next time you guys fight an ooze. Gross. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. So, that's why he, uh, he chews on that broken bone. Vargas over there he's barking in the corner. Mouth, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncle Gary's femur. He's <laughs> chewing on who? Who's yeah, he chewing who's, on? Whose power he's sucking on? That's a story from another time. Ooh. Another time. Ooh. Another time story. Yeah, little, little soul toothpick. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little Uncle Gary's lucky femur. <laughs> you know? no, NBD. No big deal. You guys... Get back to the um, bullet and barrel saloon. And Varg almost has to walk on all fours to get up through the door. Yeah, lean over. Uh, now, nobody turns when they see this eight-foot-tall monstrosity walking through because it's uh, it's glaring. It's Pathfinder. It's mm. Alcazar. It's a weird place. But a as you guys are walking through the bar, uh, Darn Iru is the last person to go through. And a clawed hand 
reaches out from just on the other side of the door, grabs you by the by the leather armor right at your chest, by the tail. picks you up off your feet. Oh my gosh! Slams you against the door frame. Okay, and uh, you stare back at another Amaroon. <gasps> what? Oh. Oh my gosh. It's a family reunion. Oh, uh, this boy. is a very large. I don't um, remember owing anybody any money. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very large Amaroon. You stole my ball of yarn. Uh, female. Oh. Ooh. And hey. because, as we know, <laughs> the. Uh, pawn, <laughs> <my hair. laughs> well, as we know, the Amaroon are like uh, anthropomorphic large cats, yeah. right? This particular Amaroon has the markings of a snow leopard. Ooh, okay. And that marking would tell anybody with Amaroon lore and those backgrounds of Amaroon that she hails from the like land of the Linorn Kings. Yep. It's a northern uh, like cast of of Amaroon. And and she slams you up against the uh, <laughs> the door frame and and says, Ah, you are the Thief, yeah? I haven't met you yet, but you will do well to watch yourself in Phoebe's bar. Oh, oh. Okay. I do not know who you are either. I am Urshap. You didn't ask. Oh. I guess that was my way of asking. <laughs> er, how do you spell that? E R. Er, Shap. That's a lady, cat bouncer lady at the border in Bellswoon, right? E R S H A P. Er, Shap. E R S H A P. Don't ask again. Thank you. Go back to bag of holding. <laughs> back to airship. airship though. Yeah. Oh, no. Mr. Wilbur, he's doing the, the subterfusion <laughs> over there at the Shield Marshal place. He said, go hang out at the Balnor's bag of holding. But there's no Balnor, so... Sounds like a perfect Aww. bar name. <laughs> Balnor's yeah, back holding. <laughs> would, yeah. Wait, you know, we're this, opening if one If the podcast doesn't work out, <laughs> I would hang out there. There you go. The new life. In Alkenstar, yeah. we would like to open. But, uh, yeah, so he's... That's how you spell Urshap. The end. The and, end. Wow. And Urshap has you pinned up against the wall. You guys are all kind of stunned. I'm, I'm assuming Varg is impressed. Sure. But... Uh, Urshap, why uh, why are you singling sh- me out? Silence. Oh, hold on. Let me get her voice back. <laughs> silence. I don't want to speak with you. I just want to let you know you are being watched. She drops you, like, unceremoniously. You slide down the wall. <laughs> this cat is good seven feet tall. She's yeah. massive, hulking, imposing figure. I like the ones. <laughs> The ones from the mountains and the ones from the desert are huge. Yeah. And yeah. and she takes a look and sees the um, claw blades that you have. At, you know, at, I don't know. Where where do you stow them? They're kind of like at my sides in a leather. It's kind of hanging out yeah, there. Yeah, because they're not really. It's not like right. a sword sheath, but they're hanging out on the sides. She, a hand sheath. She motions to them and she says, Gilleth Goldfang, that fool giving away heirlooms to unworthy travelers. I will speak with him. I paid for these. They were not given. I'm sure you did. Where did he get them, I wonder, huh? I never ask. I never Mm. tell. (laughs) It's written on your face. 
Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. And then she wanders off to an opposite corner of the uh, bullet and barrel saloon and sort of leans back up against the wall, crosses her arms, massive forearms, cutting an imposing frame. Darnayer, I think she likes you. Let's fight her. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you think? Jeez, I role-played that all wrong. (laughs) No, you role-played it just right. I just have a terrible time at reading. Man, it's late. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Guy with gold fang. I don't know where he got him. Yeah. I have no clue where I he know, got him. I just brought him off. He just wrote all this stuff, threw it in my face. Sounds Consequences, like, baby. Sounds like you need to go uh, <laughs> pay him a visit, maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the, Stealing heirlooms. The other thing that happens as you guys walk back into the bar is uh, Phoebe motions at, at Luton. And she's like waving her hand from behind the bar. Okay. That small woman is raving at you. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> that small bearded woman. <laughs> yeah, we didn't establish that. Just she doesn't have a beard. Okay, so Luton. No, wait, no, we've seen her artwork. Phoebe yeah. doesn't have a beard. Yeah. Luton nice comes mustache. over and says, "Hi, Phoebe." Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing like 15 voices over here. Right. Right. Forget the whole thing. This is Doubtfire. No, that. No. <laughs> ah, Luton. Ah, there's a. Uh, there's someone here to see you. Is it the professor? Well, I don't know if he's a professor, but he's a tiny little gnome gentleman with blue hair, and he's over there in the corner booth. <gasps> what? And you look over at the corner booth, and you recognize Professor Radpole. Would you like to join him at the booth? Yes, I would like to join him. Okay. So you head over, you sit down. Professor Radpole is wearing, like, a hood over and a cloak, and he's looking intentionally like he's trying to be inconspicuous, you know, but he's a gnome with bright blue hair. So Hard to it, fit it, in. Yeah. It's like, imagine somebody intentionally over the top trying to not stand out. That's what he looks like. Okay. So Luton slides into the booth and says, Professor Radpole, it's so good to see you. Oh, um, I don't know who you're talking about. And he winks at you like, ah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, but but please sit down and we can talk about Professor Radpole, whoever <laughs> he may be. Right. So Luton sits in the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and leans bef- over, like, as you sit down, and he says, Did you tell anyone about the name we discussed? Oh, no. Only my friends here with me. Are they trustworthy? Oh, yes. Oh, very good. Very good. I'm assuming you have... Some questions, little lady. Professor Radpole, last time we spoke, I had questions about what had happened by the Ustrati River. I was wondering if you, if we could discuss that. Oh, of course. It was the mana storm, if I remember correctly. You mentioned that there was a, a tree that grasped at you, and then you heard the name the, on the wind. Is that right? That's right. Ustrasila. I have thought about this for a long time since we met. That name, remember, keep it to yourself. But what happened to you was a freak accident. It's the best that I can determine. The tree reaching out to you in this overwhelming feeling of evil. Well, what I do know is that it was not connected to the name you were given. That they are separate. And now you're probably going to ask me how I know that. Because that is the next logical step. Professor Radpole, how do you know that they are separate? Well, before we can continue, 
I must know what the druids at the Wildwood Lodge told you. The druids at the Wildwood Lodge taught me how to commune with nature, mostly. Uh, They raised me, and they taught me about my elemental bloodline and how to connect to it. Curiously, they also told me that I would meet a blue-haired gnome who knows the river. What was it that they told you? Cal L and I were sworn to protect nature by the tide and the tempest. Wow, this is, in- this is incredible. It's happening exactly the way that she said it would. I think it's time for me to arrange a meeting between you and my patron. Who is your patron? My patron is Ustrasila. I cannot say more here. I just don't know what ears there may be hearing. But I will come visit you on the night of the next full moon here at the Bullet and Barrel Saloon. We will go together. Luton straightens up and steals herself, feeling very uncomfortable that Ustrasila is Professor Radpole's patron. Yeah, and is like a, a person? Or? So she's, she's sort of straightening her clothing and trying to project uh, an air of calm. Like even though, her nerves. Yeah, even yeah. though she's concerned about this based on how she felt that day by the river uh, dealing with the the tree and the feelings. It was really scary for her. So she turns to Professor Radpole and says, I will meet with you again, uh, but I would like my friends to come. These are the the trusted friends that you mentioned before, right? Shum follow five. The shum follow five. I think that's perfectly fine. And all of you are welcome. Remember... The next full moon, I'll meet you here. Night time. And he okay. sa- and he looks around again all no one's watching you guys, by the way, in the you know He's just very he's just paranoid. Extremely paranoid and like over the top about it. And the more attention that he calls to being incognito, the more the less incognito he is. <laughs> and he pulls his hood up over his head and and he says it was a pleasure to see you again, lady that I don't know. And he leaves, <laughs> and he runs out of the, the bullet and barrel saloon. And I guess we'll find out what happens on the next full moon. Okay. Which is probably in a couple weeks. So. Very curious. Yeah, I know, right? Ustra. The mystery of Ustra Sila continues. And he doesn't want to talk about it. Not openly. Where not anyone can hear. That's right. And it's also his patron. That was the word that he used. Which is not the same as the Dungeons and Dragons Warlock patron. Just clear in the air for all of our Thunder Buddies who are D&D fans. What did that bite-sized dwarf want with you? <laughs> uh, That's racist. He, he gave me some information um, about what had happened before you came. And um, I, I need to go meet. And I'd like you guys to come with me because I'm a little scared. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Well, color me curious. I would love to uh, attend this meeting. Well, I don't know your name yet, but oh. <laughs> you are my clan. I will follow. <laughs> you have to guess. <laughs> uh, Bluton. <laughs> oh, so close. I actually so think close. that's great. You can call me Bluton. That's perfect. Well. What if he's the guy in the party who just can never say anyone's name right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he is now. Oh, <laughs> he's got to yep. be. I will go too. I will go too. Thank you. Me too. What about you, Fuzzy? <laughs> My name is Adarnairu, and apparently I have stolen goods among me, which actually isn't very surprising. 
I steal a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just didn't know these were the stolen, though. But you paid for you them. You paid for them. I paid for them. That's not an answer. Are you coming with us? Oh, I already said first I would go. Okay. <laughs> Varg Kim. Quills and Puss and Boots are in. <laughs> Varg, I'm starting to like you. I like the Batman dog. He's great. The Batman dog. Are you wearing hockey pants or? (laughs) Uh, Like uh, they don't come in my size. Was that Rocksteady? Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. Fantastic. Oh, great. Well, after uh, Professor Radpole takes his leave, and you guys are just sort of like, what? This is a lot to process. Yeah, a lot to process. So. A couple days go by. You spend some time stripping all of the runes out of Balnor's underwear and <laughs> oh. everything else and uh, putting it on new weapons or whatever. His thunderwear. Yeah. Ah. But uh, after after a few days, Phoebe, who's been reaching out to her contacts, uh, kind of summons you all as she, as she does. And I've got a bit of uh, fresh... Scott D. Young text here. Ooh. Ooh. The first bit of Scott flavor. D. I'm excited. First bit of flavor, Flav from book two, oh as gosh. it goes. This is our first flavor. flavor. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Well, I have another problem that needs solving, and I think it's right up your alley. The gun-slinging bartender Phoebe approaches you. It pays well, and it'll get you even closer to settling your score with your old friends Ambrose Moglin and Deputy Angelique Loveless. Last night there were reports of a flying clockwork monstrosity spotted over Hammer Street in the Ferris Quarter. It flew over the Estradi heading east before leaving the city entirely. Uh oh. Dunsmith indicates the general area on the map of Alconstar that she's used to show you guys around the city a few times. One of the sentries at Elkenstar Castle got a good look at it and said it was some sort of clockwork cat with the big bronze wings. A flying oh, clockwork no. cat? And someone was riding upon its back <gasps> like a giant what? steed. No. Whoa. Not mad about this. Whoa. Oh, thank you. That was, That's funny because I was literally yeah. pulling up the player's guide for the map right now. <laughs> we checked in with the Temple of Brig, you know, the goddess of clockworks. They keep a tight rein on the witch clockworks get made in Elkenstar. Turns out no one's filed the official paperwork with them for any clockwork cats, let alone those that can be ridden. According to the Brigites, there's just one obvious suspect. Dunsmith slides a charcoal sketch across the table. And this sketch shows a older gaunt-faced man with bushy hair, thin lips, a broad nose, and intense stare dark skin, and glasses on his face. Mm. Hmm. Kosoana, one of the church's former primary cogs, the second highest rank one can attain within the Brigade priesthood, a real whiz with clockworks, apparently. Plus, anything else he sets his mind to. Mm. Curious to a fault, you might say. Uh, he was booted from the church a while ago for breaking protocol. And promoting heretical conspiracy theories. Now, last time anyone saw him in public was at our friend Vashon Gattleby's Pyronite demonstration. This is the guy. There we go. Mm. Dunsmith does this face where she <laughs> raises her eyebrows meaningfully. <laughs> Kosawana, 
kept a low profile till recently, doing his own things at his workshop in the Ferris Quarter. Now, we got a few complaints from neighbors about loud booms coming from the workshop, but nothing serious. Well, turns out, the same night that the sentry saw that clockwork cat, one of Kosawana's neighbors says he saw the old man flee in the premises. Some gun-toting goons in hot pursuit. Sounds like one of the local gangs broke into the place and our man hightailed it out of there. Now here's where it gets interesting, as if that wasn't enough. Yeah? One of the robbers matches a physical description of our old friend, Ambrose Mugland himself. Wow. Dunsmith claps her hands behind her back and turns around to study the whiskey bottles lining one of the shelves on the wall behind her. What's that about? She's just being pensive, you know, whatever. Standing at the with her eyes out the window, her hands behind yeah. her back. Maybe it's a coincidence that Mogland, who failed to capture Gattleby, now leads a gang of toughs to grab this Kosowana guy just a few nights later. But I don't believe in coincidences. I want you to ch- I want you to check it out. She drops a cloth a sack on the table that lands with a satisfying clink. Ooh, yeah. Go search Kosawana's workshop, talk to his neighbors, and the priests at the Temple of Brig. They should have the address. While you're at the temple, maybe see about looking into whatever heretical poppycock it was that got Kosawana and hot water in the first place. Could give us some clues as to where he went. At any rate, the Duchess wants you to find him before Muglan does. Ensure mm. his safety and find out what he knows. If he managed to figure out the Pyronite formula, bring him here so we can keep him safe. Hmm. Any questions? Lots of Lots questions. of them. <clears throat> First of all, guy. O L O M A N. Kind of spell like how it sounds, okay? O L O M A N. K O S O W A N A. Oh, not two N's? No. I tried. Who spells? Where did you come from? Oh, hi there, big puppy guy. <laughs> big puppy guy. Oh, that is definitely your new nickname. Oh, you look like the sponge spines that was in the, in the camp there. They're making the nail gobbler time just hard. <laughs> and I remember them when the friends, the Shumfollow friends, they came and they killed all of the sponge spines. <laughs> mm. Is it's that true. what was you a such spine? Never. Do oh. not associate me it's, with them. It is a touchy subject. I would probably let this one go. Uh, Gomak oftentimes runs over the social barriers put in place <laughs> by other people. <laughs> I apologize. And he bows. <laughs> such a great <laughs> character. Why not? He's a great Cause guy. Because he, he's a good guy. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Okay, so we need to... Duchess wants us to find uh, Kosawana. Yeah, Phoebe's lady. Phoebe's lady. Phoebe's lady. Phoebe's lady, yeah. The ruler of Thank Alkenstar. You. Thank you. Yeah. Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe's lady. Know, go, go tell the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he wants us to find Kosawana before Muglin gets him. Because yep. Muglin's in pursuit. Yep. Uh, they said go to his workshop and check the Temple of Breeg. Let's do it. He seems to have a gang with him in tow this time instead of a sh- bunch of shield marshals. Right, and it, so it's which is weird because he is with he controls mm-hmm. the shield marshals, at least the corrupt ones. Interesting. Okay, 
the Temple of Brig, but where did she say his workshop was? She when didn't. She, she said oh. that the Brigite priests would have his address. That's right. And what also, did she drop while on the you're table? there, coin. Oh, I thought it was a, a, a key. It was coin. Okay. Yeah, it was hmm. coin, and I'll tell you how much because I forgot to tell you. I know you already want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was typing when you said that, so. That's good. Uh, the bag that Phoebe drops on the table contains 200 gold pieces, and yeah, that's what it has. Okay. Pre prepaid this time. Prepaid. Okay. Uh, I will add that. Nice. So we need to go to the Temple of Brieg. Yeah, and the other thing that she kind of points out is that this is really your guys' only chance to find out what Muglin is up to. Ooh. And well, uh, yeah, because break. I also don't know how we're supposed to clear our names, which is kind of still just a back pocket thing. Kill Muglin. Well. <laughs> The adventure path is called the Outlaws of Alkenstar, not the <laughs> Redeemed Heroes of Alkenstar. <laughs> That's a good point. So maybe it's impossible. <laughs> Keep on murdering, though, and I'm sure it'll I know, figure I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure it'll shake its way now, so. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we haven't murdered anybody, by the way. I'm pretty sure there was a murder. Was, it, was there a trial? No. No murder. There's the Temple of Breed. <laughs> no body, okay. no, no crime. No body, no crime. <laughs> no body, no crime. That's what we always say around here. <laughs> around here? Around these parts. <laughs> What do you do? We're going to Blythier College. Nope. Yeah. We're going to the Temple of Brieg, which is right next to the Blythier College it's, in the southern part true. of Alkenstar. Yes. Auburn. These are all true facts. I'm looking at two maps right now. The Luton's Auburn now District. wondering if every time she plants a protector tree, it's... In the Auburn District. It's kind of central to the, the south part. Uh, if you see specifically, it's under the U on Auburn. <laughs> that is the actual building. Okay. The, uh, the second U in Auburn. There's two U's in Auburn, guys. There's two U's. <laughs> I know how to spell. <laughs> the, the two U's. Two U's. Two U's. I'm sorry. Are me? you saying U's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Her- Herman Munster, by the way. Yeah. That was the the it's judge. A, the TV show. In, uh, oh, I know who Herman Munster is. The Munsters. He was the judge in My Cousin Vinny. Well, not the same actor. Not the character, but the no, person. No, right, right, right. The it actor. wasn't. What yeah, are you going to imagine it be like if it was? Herman Munster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Frankenstein the judge. Yes. We're heading to Brig, the temple of Brig. Guilty. Sorry. So you you guys make your way. Man, so many mysteries. So much information. So a lot to mull over. Season two. Lots of mulling. Kicking off. You guys make your way across the Ustradi River. Luton throws a wink down at the water, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, it I'll ripples in a few and waves. Days. <laughs> yeah, it ripples. And, yeah. Yes. It's all exciting. Like, it's like Moana. A water deuce. Just like, yeah. Psh, high five. <laughs> That's so not what I thought. A water no, throwing, up, throwing up the number two. The peace sign. V for victory. <laughs> and devolve to poop again. Again. See a doctor if you're having water deuces. <laughs> Stay away from oh, that ultra no. seal. Oh. <laughs> Oh, technically, no. technically not in a leakage. So oh, technically yeah. not. Counts yeah. as, it is now. Uh, no, no, no. We're just talking about just, it. No. I am. I'm drawing how different it is. Right. And specifically laying it out. Yes. The Hopefully, is, people are still listening to this yeah. podcast. The differences between anal leakage oh. and, and water, water juice. Juice are very vast. <laughs> One, a, so one month state is a vast ocean between the two. <laughs> yeah. For one thing, anal leak. Sorry. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I did it. 
We leveled up. <laughs> you, you guys, you just won the whole thing. Yes. You did. You leveled up. Uh, you make your way over to the Temple of Brig, and the the Temple of Brig is a resplendent and opulent display mm, of opulent. clockwork, white polished stonework with gold accents. Mm, there are there are gears that are actively turning, not just decorative, actively like functioning on the side of the building. Cool steamwork and and different machinery pumping out exhaust into the air and the different priests and, and monks you can see outside the space are um, like decked out in long white robes with gold trim and their their faces, their clothing, it's all decorated with cogwheels and uh, piping and tubes and there's a, a mix of different like He's got to be strong guys to walk around with this yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, it's like it's not like they're caked in it. It's like an ex- it accents their clothing. Pieces of flair. Yeah, they're <laughs> f- they're flared up to the max. I love this office space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you notice that all of them, or most of them, seem to be carrying a book that has a face on the cover that looks Ooh. like these. Yeah. It looks mm. like a like a, a mask. It looks like the face from uh, Shrek, the guy who's in the mirror. Oh yeah, it does it look like that. It totally looks like that. Yeah. Good the, one. You mean the man in the mirror? Yeah, the man yeah. asking him Magic to make a change. Man yeah. in the mirror. Oh yeah. The change his ways. Oh yeah. <laughs> no question. <laughs> hey. If you want to make the world a better place, gotta look at yourself and make that change. That's, That's how we get them to join in. It has to be like na 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 p.m. Na na na. Yeah. Na 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 na. Does anybody want to roll a religion check to identify? Oh them? yeah. He's still playing Pathfinder. I'm a minus one to religion, so not me. It's the one thing that he's not going to insist that he does, like you know, a medicine check. I'm a minus one, and I'm going to roll it. <laughs> Fantastic. You can't roll twenties if you don't roll you dice. Said religion That's right. check, right? Religion, and please. I got a three. Okay. <laughs> Sixteen total. All right. You identify that book as the logic of design Ooh. which is the holy text of the brigite priesthood oh yeah okay how much is mm. it worth just kidding yeah. joking they all, they all have one. that was Jeez. a joke they all have one. really <laughs> leaning into the chaotic <laughs> neutralism <laughs> so um so we need to, we needed to, to ta- find a specific priest was it the the head priest or just any priest any, did she say it was the the mission was to to go to the temple of Brig and start investigating Kosawana and find out about him. Okay. okay. So as as you enter the temple, uh, you are approached by a woman in in long flowing robes, matching like everybody else. Uh-huh. She introduces herself and she comes up to you and she says, "Hello, I am Tertiary Cog Mintankas. How can I help you today?" And you guys will provide your answer to that question <gasps> next oh, week. No. I was ready to drive into it.
Dice of Thunder and the Dice of Thunder podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Dice of Thunder and the Dice of Thunder podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com.